began a new uh, study last week that um, entitled Respecting Boundaries, Keep It Between the Lines. Um, I really feel the presence of the Lord directing me uh, in this, as I said last Wednesday night, from time to time you will hear me make the statement when I get up on Sunday morning that I really feel like that I've got a word from the Lord, and um, uh, I feel the same way about this series of teaching lessons uh, that uh, God uh, wants this brought uh, across, and uh, so we uh, just began last Wednesday night to lay a foundation, and you're going to hear me going over and over some things, uh, and uh, uh, <laughs> that word boundaries, you may be tired of it time we finish, uh, because this is going to lead us into a lot of, lot of different areas. Uh, we're going to be, uh, you know, talking about it. We're going to be talking about uh, the, bound, the boundaries that God has designed, such as marriage and, uh, uh, you know, and uh, what um, God's plan for marriage is and uh, something that a lot of folks don't think about much anymore. We're going to be doing, doing teaching about the boundaries that, is, that we step into that belongs to people that are married only. You know, of course, we're talking about uh, uh, sexual acts there and things of that nature and what the Bible talks about, fornication and all that. Uh, and uh, we got some of the questions. We kind of got uh, into some of that last week, uh, but uh, I want to try to uh, keep it uh, in, in the order the Lord has directed me. We will get to that part. Uh, but that will be in, uh, uh, in a couple of weeks or, uh, or so down the line. But respecting boundaries, keep it between the lines. And, and by the way, uh, Chris is um, live streaming this on Facebook right now, so we want to say hello to everybody that may be watching uh, by Facebook. Uh, and uh, we do know that we have folks that do that. Um, we're all affected by by boundaries in life, and I'm going to do just a quick uh, uh, kind of a rehearsal of some of the things we talked about last uh, Wednesday night. Uh, we uh, we look at this right here, and. Uh, I told you last Wednesday night, you see this sign, that's a boundary. Uh, you might not think about it as being a boundary, but it's a boundary. Uh, do not enter one way. And if some wise guy comes along and says, well, that don't apply to me, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just going just a, a block down the road, and if I have to go around, it's going to cost me three miles. So I think I'll just go ahead, you know, but uh, there's always consequences occurs when we don't respect boundaries. 
there's going to be damage done and possibly lives lost when we don't respect boundaries. And, of course, what we talked about last uh, last week is uh, the, the worst uh, consequence of all. Uh, this may be a cartoon, but this is going to be reality one day. This is going to be reality for millions of people. Not everybody's going to heaven. Not everybody's going to heaven. Uh, and uh, the Bible says that those people whose names are not listed in the Lamb's book of life is going to be cast into the lake of fire. Amen. Uh, that's going to be reality. Um, last week, we began this, but I didn't have time to, uh, to finish this, uh, uh, talking about bringing order uh, to your life. Uh, when we have good, healthy boundaries, and another word for that, another word for that is convictions. Some people, uh, they go to church, but they live during the week like they don't have no convictions over nothing. Amen. Some people will, uh, will live one way long, uh, while they're thinking there's somebody watching them, but when they think there's nobody around that knows them, they just turn it loose. But God is always watching. Hallelujah. God is always watching. Uh, and um, But uh, when uh, it takes boundaries, healthy boundaries, set by the Word of God to bring order uh, in our life. And in today's society, boundaries are being eliminated, uprooted, and discarded. But like the picture that we saw earlier where the two cars crashed head on because somebody crossed the boundary of a one-way street, we remember that picture. And I think probably everybody here at one time or another has been highly upset of uh, rush hour traffic going through Nashville. But you stop and think what traffic would be like if there was no traffic laws, if there was no boundaries. Uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be just two vehicles. Amen. It would be just like it is every time Casey gets on the highway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pardon me, pardon me, pardon, pardon me. Uh, 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 sometimes we might not like uh, the, uh, the laws of the land, and that's another area that I'm going to be getting in. Do you know that the Bible teaches us that we're supposed to obey man's laws as long as it don't contradict God's law? Now, when, when man's law starts to contradict 
God's law. I mean, there, 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 there's, hey, you say, duh, there's no choice which one you're going to follow. Amen. Uh, but the Bible teaches us that we're supposed to obey the civil authorities. And the Bible says that they are ministers of God. We're going to be bringing that out in our lesson. <clears throat> there must be boundaries, <coughs> boundaries to bring order in our lives. Without these, there would be total chaos and no stability to keep us on a secure and projected path. Amen. we got to have boundaries to keep us on a secure and projected path. And what I, what I thought about uh, that come to my mind, I thought about the banks. Thank you. I thought about the river. And uh, I uh, began to think, you might recognize the picture there, um, to think of a river and the benefits that we receive from a river. Uh, life comes when a river flows. From the river, we get power. Transportation. That's just to name a name of few. Uh, so, you know, we have Nashville today because of the Cumberland River, the settlers that came to this area set, and then, of course, they had they built the fort, Fort Nashboro, uh, and uh, right there pretty close to the river. And uh, rivers are important. Uh, and uh, But that same river, that same river must, everybody say must, be held in check by its banks or boundaries or it will wreak havoc and destruction. That was in 2010. That's out there close to Opryland. Now, that's the same river that you saw a few minutes ago but it's a river gone wild that overflows its boundaries. And this, this picture don't look near as peaceful as the first one, does it? Amen. Uh, let me show one more. And if you can read there, there's, that's Saundersville Road. And here's a, here's a couple fighting for their very life right there. Amen. All because the river got out of its boundaries. Amen. Uh, boundaries are important. And the Bible teaches us the boundaries that we should observe and have in life. Because if we don't live our life within the boundaries that God has ordained, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have trouble. Uh, I read this verse 
last week, but we didn't finish this. Romans 12, 1 and 2. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, when you present or give yourself to God, you are in essence granting Christ authority to govern your life according to His divine perfect plan. Amen. Uh, basically, that's what, you, what, what you're doing. If, if you present yourself to God, you say, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. I give, I, I'm presenting myself to you. Well, when you say that, you're giving Jesus the authority to govern your life. You no longer become your own. It's no longer your choice. It's His choice. Hallelujah. You give Him the authority to govern your life, and there you go. You are putting yourself in the boundaries or keeping it between the lines that God has drawn out for you. Here's what you're doing. You are sacrificing your will, your authority, and your autonomy to His. And that's why a lot of folks have so much problem. You see them in and out, up and down. Sometimes serving God, sometimes not serving God. It's because... They haven't totally surrendered their will, their authority, and their autonomy to God. You see, when you do that, your life becomes like a river. Your life becomes like a river flowing between the banks. <laughs> and I, 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 I like to feel like that the Spirit spoke to me that the river, the river is God's provisions, his forgiveness, his long-suffering, his blessings. And the banks that hold that river, one bank is grace and the other is his love. Oh, hallelujah. The river of my life is flowing. It's kept in check by the boundaries of the banks of the grace of God on one side and his love on the other. Oh, hallelujah. 
glory. Hallelujah. My, 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 the psalmist David said, amen. Uh, uh, what would, uh, what he said that uh, uh, his uh, grace and mercy would follow him all the days of his life. Hallelujah. So your life becomes like that river when you give your authority to govern to him and uh, which will not only maintain order and that's what we are talking about is bringing order to your life but it will not only maintain order and stability but it leads you down a projective path toward the destiny he has designed for you and you alone. I firmly believe that every individual here in this room tonight, those watching by means of the Internet and everywhere, God has a projected destiny, a projected purpose for your life and your life alone. God cares about you as an individual. God's got something good planned for you that he don't have planned for me. But that don't mean he don't love me. He's got a purpose for me also. Amen. But here, here is the key. And I want to go back if I can. I want I want to notice. I want you to notice something before we move on. When it talks about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. <laughs> I, I I like I like what Brother DJ said, uh, Brother Travis, uh, when he was talking in the transition service uh, last Friday night. He said that God delivered him from stinking thinking. Hallelujah! God delivered him from stinking thinking. We got to renew our mind. Sometimes some of our thoughts stink before God. If there's any doubt in that, that's some stinking thinking. Hallelujah. We've got to, we've got to walk by faith, not by sight. I want to see everything ahead of time. I want to plan things out. I feel like that's how I'm able to assimilate control but then God says, look here, I thought you gave me control. Why do, you want to, why do you want to cry out, Jesus, take the wheel, then grab it? I seen a picture one time of a little, little, little child going to, to their father. They had a, had a broken toy crying and uh uh, the the dad had on one, had a hold of one end of the toy, and that little child had the other, and, and that little child crying said, "Daddy, fix it! Daddy, fix it!" And then, but the but the but the dad said uh, said, "Well, son, you got to let go before I can fix it." Man, that's a powerful message right there. Hallelujah! We bring things to God sometimes, Sister Moore, but we don't let go of it so He can take it. And do with it what he needs to do with it. That's where our faith and our trust in him comes from. But here's the whole purpose. That we may prove 
or we may we may we may find out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I am seeking God's perfect will. Um, some people get in God's permissive will, but they don't strive for His perfect will. When you talk about the, the, the will of God, God's got a perfect will and He's got a permissive will. There is a permissive will that God will permit for you to do. But it's not his perfect will. Give you just give you one example. I've got to move on. My time's running away. The Bible said that God is not willing for any to perish, but that all come to repentance. So, sister, it's not God's will for nobody to to be lost, but He'll permit it. So, see, even. Those who are going to be lost, you could say, is in the will of God. Not his perfect will, but his permissive will. And I, Exactly. And what I'm trying to strive to do is, is to stay in his perfect will. Because only when I'm in his perfect will do I have the security of running like that river, staying within the banks, and getting to the destination that God has ordained for my life. Wow. Hallelujah. Keep us on that projective path. Um, now, where we're going to be going with this for the next few weeks, maybe I'll get one of them. It's, i got five about five more minutes. We're going to be talking about boundaries designed by God. Boundaries designed by God. We're going to be talking about boundaries that are laid out in the Scripture, and we're going to cover it. We won't be covering them all, but some major ones. And uh, it's what we're going to be doing. And the <coughs> that first boundary that God set, I, I, I searched and searched on the Internet, and I, I want to find the prettiest picture I could uh, in my mind, I says, "Oh man, that that could be possibly something like the Garden of Eden look like." And I said, "I'll take that. I'll take that graphic right there. I I, I love that picture." Uh, the very first boundary that God set for man was set back all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and I, I'm sure you Bible readers are going to know where I'm going going to uh, right here. Amen. And uh, Genesis 2, chapter 15, uh, ch uh, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Now, it's, it's something here important to note. This was before Eve come along. God didn't take the man and the woman. He took the man. I, I, I better I better move on. <laughs> I don't have to, I, I can't get off off track. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. 
Let me say this. God never has been for laziness. Even in the garden, even in the garden, Adam wouldn't stretch that on a hammock between two shade trees. He had work to perform. Even before sin, even before the fall. It was his place to tend and keep the garden. Let me just interject something out here. Have you ever felt like God has given you some kind of blessing in your life? If you ever feel like God has given you some type of blessing, tend it and keep it. Take care of it. You know, no matter what it is, if God's given you a good husband or given you a good wife, take care of it. Take care of them. Tend them. If you got a marriage, hey, it, it takes work to make a marriage work. Hallelujah. You got to work at it. Amen. Or any blessing. Amen. We have to we have to tend it. We have to take uh take care of it. So he put he put Adam in the garden. That's what he told him he wanted him to do. Let's move on. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Now notice again, Eve was not here. She had not been created yet when God first set this boundary. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. God placed him in that beautiful garden. Everything he could ever need. There was no sickness. He didn't know what a runny nose was. He didn't know what hay fever was. He didn't know what arthritis was. Heart trouble. Didn't have no problem with gray hairs. And eat everything he could want except for one tree. One tree. Don't, don't eat from the fruit of that tree. The first boundary set by God, it had nothing to do with the fruit. The fruit had nothing to do with it. A lot of people speculate and most people want to say it was an apple. <laughs> I don't know why, but most people say it was, you know. But, uh, you know, when the, when the Scripture is silent, we ought to stay silent. Amen. Um, the first boundary set by God was a test of man's willingness to obey God. That's what it was all about, Brother Kyle. It had nothing to do with the fruit. It was a test of Adam's willingness to obey God. God gave man a choice. He didn't program, program Adam like a computer or a robot. He could have. Lord, I mean, if he, if he 
bent down and molded a, a, a body of a human being out of the dust of the ground and then blew the breath of life and that that thing it was was just a handful of dust and dirt came to become a human being, he could have programmed him to make him do everything he wanted to do. Just like you program a computer. But he gave man a choice. He gave man a free will to either live inside the boundary that God had set. Follow me now. Adam had a choice to live inside of the boundary that God had set, and it was not a strenuous boundary. It was not something unreasonable. The scripture we read a while ago, when you present your life to God, it's not unreasonable, it's your reasonable service. He had a choice to stay within that boundary or to jump the bank and run erratic like the flooding of a river. To have the freedom to choose is good. We especially like that as Americans. We all like the choice, have the, have the freedom to choose. It's good. But a choice to disobey and escape the banks of his grace and love will always have severe consequences, like the pictures you saw a while ago. Never make the liberty God gives you to choose an occasion. And I'm closing with this, and listen to this close. Never make the liberty God gives you to choose an occasion to satisfy and please the flesh. And I say that by reading you this last scripture for the night. Galatians 5 and 13. For brethren... Ye have been called unto liberty. I've made you free. I've given you a choice now. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Hallelujah. Don't, don't take that liberty God has given you, the choice, that free choice. He's not going to make... Let me... I heard some... Some preacher preached one time that the Holy Ghost is a perfect gentleman. He never knocks the door down to anybody's house. He always stands and knocks. And it's up to you, Brother Chase, whether you're going to open up or not. Hallelujah. He don't, he, he, he don't want to make you. If he wanted to make you, he would have made you that way in the beginning. Anybody got any comments or questions? about what I've covered. Now, we don't want to get into some other things that we will cover later.